If you enjoy this episode of Obscure Obsessions, please remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. And now, Obscure Obsessions. I've never heard so much malarkey out of someone so quickly because in the course of 10 minutes, Megan confessed to us that not only has she never seen Back to the Future 2 or 3, but then tried to rank her favorite Jurassic Park movies by going 1, 3, Dominion. And then she said, that's not right. And then she said, I have to separate these two. And when she separated the two, it then became a totally different <laughs> right, ranking. She, she ranked all six, but then when she broke them down into park versus world, the rankings were totally different. Right. It wasn't at all what she said. I mean, when we saw, when did it was Dominion June 23rd, 2022. Oh, so that's not really that long ago. No. It's, that feels like years ago. I mean, when that came out, my initial... Well, when we went into that movie, I'm sure, I think I said that last year during our um, Lost World episode, that I always feel like it just got worse and worse and worse. It definitely did, and I was hopeful that it wasn't going to be and when we the saw, worst one. When we saw, what the hell is it called? Dominion. I couldn't decide at the time if I liked it better or worse than Fallen Kingdom. I think it's worse than Fallen Kingdom. As the months have gone on, I agree. Because like I said to you at dinner, I think the first half of Fallen Kingdoms. Although okay. it does have those really annoying two millennial kids. True. Are those two in Dominion? Uh, or one of them? Might one of be? them might be. But the other problem I have with Dominion is just the fact that you brought back legacy characters to disrespect them. And the, and their storyline involved giant bugs. I, <laughs> Not Don, in a Jurassic Park movie. You put them with bugs. Tarantula. I mean, the movie. You ever see the movie Tarantula? It's it's a famous one. Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia is a is a bug movie. Oh, God. Eight-legged freaks is another spider one I can think of. Yeah, little creely. You don't put that in a Jurassic Park is supposed to be big animals. You pick a bug. <laughs> I know they're like big bugs, right? Well, they're like. And weren't they trying? Weren't to they like d- dinosaur engineered locusts? And who's the bad guy? The guy Campbell we saw in Christmas Scott. Carol. Campbell Scott, um, Campbell Scott yeah. whose George father C. was Scott. George. Who was? She hasn't seen Back to the Future 2, but she knows who George C. Scott is. What's your favorite George C. Scott movie, Megan? Patton? Yep, that was exactly the answer I was expecting. <laughs> Shrug. Deadly but, silence. Because the other thing with Dominion was it went on for so long, and it never fulfilled its basic promise, which was an exciting promise of this is a world where human beings and dinosaurs Right, that's together. essentially, if I remember correctly, a BuzzFeed Now This recap. <laughs> At like the very beginning of the movie, because when we didn't we see Fallen Kingdom at the um, in Bergenfield? No, we saw the first. One, we saw that, the first, the first one we saw. Yeah. In what? Where did we see Fallen Riverside. Kingdom? Riverside. It was a river. Because I remember there was those couple of kids sitting next to you, and they were making fun of it the whole time. Yeah. But at the end of it, we walked out of Fallen Kingdom saying, "Wow, the ending of the movie." Is better than the entire movie. Exactly. This idea of okay, dinosaurs and human beings are going to live together. And guess what happened? You saw it for about three minutes out of a two hour and 40 minute movie. And it was in the worst, laziest way where it's just the, the, uh, like a montage. I mean, they did exactly what they did in Lightyear. (laughs) Well, speaking of bad dinosaur movies. Okay. Here's a question for you. Is the, is the premise (laughs) of Jurassic World Fall or Dominion better than Theodore Rex? Well, I mean, they're both pretty terrible. I mean, so, I mean, Theodore Rex is essentially. Well, not really. No. If you boil it down to its its conceit, 
it's okay. Dinosaurs and human beings are living together, which is the same exact premise. Yeah, we're, exact, we're teetering on some... What we call a story kernel. Okay. But I didn't have any corn. <laughs> and in both, you have human beings and dinosaurs are living in discord with one another. Right. But they go in completely different directions. Sure. Neither direction, good. No, and neither of them are ones I'd want to revisit. Because um, Theodore Rex was definitely way worse. I mean, oh yeah, it was worse. definitely way worse. And I obviously that's for comedy's sake, saying, "Oh yeah, I don't know which one." No, Theodore Rex is the clear loser in this situation. Undeniable. I mean, that was one of the the worst movies I've probably ever seen. That was a movie that I had, had so few redeeming anything about well i sat there last night after you left really thinking about it and i think it's absolutely in my top i guess we should say bottom five movies i've ever seen i actually think baby huey's easter adventure was a better movie well that makes that look like citizen kane isn't baby huey like a giant duck yeah but i mean if i remember duck though yeah well also it's tough because that can't be good either no. But I'd much rather watch Baby Huey. But that one had Marie McCormick from The Brady Bunch oh. as the mom. And that one also had Harvey Corman from oh. uh, The Carol Burnett Show, Baby Huey's Easter Adventure. But Theodore Rex, I mean... Can I just ask, where did you first find this? Good because question. I remember years ago either seeing clips of it or coming across some sort of YouTube video recapping what are the... 50 worst movies ever made. I and think, it made a little sizzle reel mention of Theodore Rex. I think I became aware of it either through some article of worst movies ever made or worst movies made by an Oscar winner. Oh, okay. When, when did sense. Whoopi Goldberg win her Oscar for... Was it Ghost or was it Color Purple? Yeah, I don't remember. But this was, I mean, on the box. It was a, a number of years after, but, whatever. At any rate, I, I sort of saw it the name of it, I read about it. I just all I knew about it was that it was one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, and, and that, that's a that's an answer, understatement. Well, to it lives up to question, the expectation. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg yes. won the Oscar for Ghost, which came out in 1990. Okay, and when was Theodore Rex? Five years later. Okay, yeah. So she was an Oscar, and then the guy who plays the villain in that in Theodore Rex was also an Oscar. Was it? Yeah, in right? the, the movie Shine, which is a terrific movie. So you have two Oscar winners minimally in this real piece of dreck. Piece of Dino Duke, and I was th- thinking about it a lot today too. Who is this movie for? Because Good question. It said on there, written and directed by the same person who was also the co-executive producer, and who I th- what was the other one we said he directed or he wrote the script to, the last Starfighter, last Starfighter. Well, because yeah, I saw it on. However, I became aware of it. I never had any interest in really watching it, no. except for I want to watch something that's really bad. Sure. And when we were thinking about well, what are we going to talk about, because we've, we've run out of a, enough obscure Jurassic Park movies, we have to go in another direction. And this was the first one that came to mind. And and boy, 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 <laughs> do I have some thoughts. Because I, who was it made for? It's a great like, question, because it's not really for kids. And I was thinking about that. I guess the closest you could call it is a kid's movie. But I think it's actually meant more for three to five-year-olds. You have to because, be really, really undeveloped. Because it's definitely not for adults. I don't even think there was adult supervision on this movie. Any movie that uses the term <laughs> butt trumpet is for those who are really sure, sure, sure. Uh, pre-elementary school. But I mean, I feel like one of the running jokes being that the main character is a dinosaur who loves cookies. Right, okay. I think that's... that. 
Um, his tail is constantly knocking things over. Right. He's got a dog. There's a little dog. What was the dog? Whippy. Whippy was the dog's name. And, I mean, the humor was non-existent. non-existent. There wasn't one moment in this movie that even made me laugh at all. But on the one hand, yes, it's for kids because it's those anthropomorphic... I mean, it's the same kind of dinosaurs that they had in the show Dinosaur. Which you said was the year... This was this released the year after it, or a couple it finished, years, right? I think, I think Dinosaurs, which was a Disney... Was it Disney Channel or was it... I thought it was ABC. Di- yeah, maybe. Because Dinosaurs, I remember when I would go to Grandma's in the morning and I would get up at like 5.30, this would be on at 6 o'clock on Disney did Channel. Did you like reruns. Dinosaurs or did you, or did you find it kind of creepy? I did like it as a kid. As a kid. Yeah. See, I was so young. It was at that point where you don't maybe necessarily realize. If you're too young, it's really creepy. But if you reach a certain age, it's not so creepy. But it's a very short window because then after you reach that point, this is so dumb. Right, then you... But what was great about Dinosaurs, the show, is that was like a, a regular sitcom with regular real issues and things, except they were dinosaurs. Right, it's like so, the monsters. Right, I said, the, yeah, these were kids. That These kids, uh, I gotta go to the dance, Mom, or Jimmy didn't ask me out to dinner. I said, it's a T-Rex. <laughs> And that was Jim Henson. So it was less creepy because it's Jim Henson has a little bit more artistic he merit. He had his, his finger on the pulse of what to make. Yes, Dinosaur was produced by Michael Jacob Companies and Jim Henson Television, which was associated guess... with Walt Disney. And, and what, it was from when to when? 1994. So this was the year after Dinosaur And, and yet the technology of these dinosaurs looks Atrocious. I mean, it looks like someone strapped a goofy mask onto you know someone's head. Like you oh, went, like, sorry, Larry. Like you went to Party City, said, I need the cheapest dinosaur mask you have. <laughs> they were like, don't and then, worry. And then I want a discount. <laughs> that is what dinosaurs in Theodore Rex. There weren't really a lot, though, of dinosaurs. I mean. Not really. You, the, most of the time you had Theodore, Teddy. You had the Carol King Molly dinosaur. Molly Rex was her name. And then there was a few a scenes few with dinosaurs sprinkled throughout, but I felt a majority of the budget had to then go between paying off their Oscar winners who did not want to be there. <laughs> right. Probably the production design. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because really, if you think about it, Theodore Rex was really the only dinosaur that was in it for a majority of the film. As the title character, right, right. I guess you have to. But in Jurassic Park... You have multiple scenes of different dinosaurs. Right. This it just felt like all the money went in to one or two dinosaurs, and then they went to that that bar, which is like the scene in Fear and Loathing. It was like in that effed up bar. Yeah. <laughs> What's that from? Is that from? That's Jay, right? Oh. Um, oh God! He, what movie he says that? God, I don't remember. You're, I think that's Dogma. I'm Han Solo. You're Chewie. She's Obi Wan, and we're in that effed up bar. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Where they're at. Uh, was that they, after they're at the diner? I think that's at the diner. Oh, okay. What were you saying? Which one? Oh, like, it's like Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing. You're right. I was thinking of that because that movie also has that psychedelic, not psychedelic, but that neon. Well, and it made me more so think about the Schumacher Batman movies. Absolutely. I think that's why it's a movie that's being geared towards three to five-year-olds because you don't really need to listen to anything anyone is saying. You're right. You really don't. But having said that, at the same time, the plot is elephantine. It right. is a William Faulkner-esque 
convol- <laughs> if, if Isaac Asimov was produced by the dollar store, <laughs> that's what this movie would be. If Arthur C. Clarke was on a discount rack, <laughs> that's what this would be. Well, it's weird because for a lot of the movie, nothing is happening. Then suddenly everything happens in the last 20 or 30 minutes. Because this movie is technically, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of, uh, what, what's that called on Instagram where you where you do the post and you put the little check mark uh, oh. thingies? You know, the... the, the, the oh, the hashtags? hashtags. <laughs> this movie has a lot of hashtags because yeah. you could say hashtag science fiction. Sure. Dinosaur movie. A Whoopi Goldberg movie. I mean, this was kind of... Megan, look up to see what she had done before and after this in a relative time. Oh, uh, this was, Sister Act, right? Sister Act was 1990. Ghost was 1990. Okay, Ghost. But what did she? What else did she? Because this was at the height. So of it Warby's was Ghost career. was 1990. The first Sister Act yeah. was 1992. 1985 oh, okay. was the color purple. Okay, so that was several Sister years Act earlier. But Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit, was 1993. Yeah. So, so she had made both of these. But what I loved about when oh, we were and she was in research. the year before Theodore Rex. She was in a movie called Corina Corina with Ray Liotta. Oh, that was a big one, too. She was in the... I loved when we read that she sued to get out of this movie. They refused to allow her out. And then they had to pay her double or... So the compromise was, right, that they... Instead of the lawsuit actually being followed through, they switched it from a theatrical release to a home video release, right? I don't know if that was... I think that just was... No one wanted to put it in the theater. Another movie? Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg made an oral agreement to star in the film in in October 1992. Oh, that's another movie she did years before this was... In 1986, she was in a comedy spy movie called Jumping Jack Flash. Oh, I love that. With Jonathan Price. That's a great one. Also, Carol Kane was in that movie. And... Annie That's Potts, Jim Belushi was in that movie. I, th- I really thought she was going to say Jim Varney. Yeah, I was really... waiting for that to happen. Phil but Hartman they, was but, in that movie. But this is what they say, Megan. Listen to this. Whoopi tried to back out, but they filed a $20 million lawsuit oh against her. Oh, my God. Her, which was settled quickly. She agreed to star in the film for $7 million, $2 million more than the amount originally agreed upon. And then the movie itself cost, ready? I think I said this last night. million! That's crazy. Someone spent... People are dying in the streets. People are... Are, uh, there's and they, famine. Oh, and they you're were living st- in cardboard. I'm wearing a cardboard belt. Taylor. <laughs> she was also... Wait for Who was she in The Page Master? Oh, she was fantasy. And then she was also... Let's not forget she, made, she had a small role in The Little Rascals. People spent money on this. And $30 million. $30 million in 1995 should still be a considerable amount of money. I'm trying to see how much they made back. Well, I told you, uh, the reviews on there... Scathing. ...were zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> zero percent. Which is too high, actually. Oh, I agree. Because And, and speaking of Whoopi, when you watch her in this movie... I, I, I was thinking about it, too. I'm trying to think of another example, and I know we've said it before. We watched something together where it's the most obvious this actor does not want to be there. I make that joke a non-performance. about Harrison Ford sometimes. Mm-hmm. When I saw the, the, the sequel to Blade Runner, I was yeah. never a huge Blade Runner one fan. No, no, no. But I remember thinking, God, he's wandering around this movie looking for his paycheck. <laughs> and Whoopi 
she, you could just, even if I didn't know about the lawsuit, you could tell that by the non-performance that she's not interested. What's less than a non-performance? I don't even know. Whatever ranks below a non-performance, she went to absolute zero. Right. In her performance. Less than zero. Because she didn't really act. She just looked miserable. It seemed like they just had the camera rolling while she read words so that she could just (laughs) rush back to her trailer. You just see her like thinking, God, I'm making, okay, I'm making seven, eight million, nine million dollars off of this. I can buy a car. I can buy a house and at the same time she looks over and she's with a dinosaur well and there's that scene the only scene i thought she was a little bit trying but almost it was her frustration at this crazy situation is when they're at that bar and the one dinosaur is trying to hit on her oh yeah and she's yeah, kind yeah. of laughing i almost feel like she's laughing at this situation that here i am i have worked my whole career i've got an oscar i was in ghost i was in sister act i was in the color purple now I'm in a movie with rubber-faced dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, there's no better film in a way to show off how cruel show business can be. It kind of is true. And also, one of the biggest things I would say is that this movie, in the back, right, it didn't market it as a hilarious comedy. Oh, I wish I brought it. Yeah, like a but hilarious. I can only think of one example that popped to mind right after, okay. which is Christmas Vacation 2, in which... It's not even funny accidentally. Right. There's not a single situation in which it's even funny by accident. I mean, which which was... What was more painful? Theodore Rex or Christmas Vacation 2? I might say Christmas Vacation 2. I think so, too. Because that one... Well, Christmas Vacation 2 feels insulting. Yeah. This one... At least you knew one of the actors sued to get out of it. True. Which at least gives a little credibility to, to the Should ethics. Should we go through then some of the also, moments of the... Yeah, Meg. About pro- the production-wise of yes, it? Yes, please. We kind of mentioned this in... When we talked about Ernest Goes to Jail about the set and everything. Yeah. Well, actually, the you're set right. Yeah. In, the set in Theodore Rex looked like a set that was used for Fear Factor Live. Well, it looked like those the set walls he, that would easily just fall down like a, there office? was an explosion. Or in his office. He, the, the scene where he's in his apartment looks oh, right. like, what was that big comfy couch? Yeah. You know, where it was obviously, I mean, it's one thing. You can't say I want realism. No, no, no. But, no. Well, remember when they're in the dressing room and you can see that there's well over 12 <laughs> feet in between the dresser and the mirror? Yeah. Because it's just, it's they have to make room for these ridiculous sized. Well, for me, a, a, a clear sign a movie is in trouble is if they use either a narration or a um, text scroll. Text scroll that, with the exception of Star Wars, it's usually or uh, uh, Spy Who Shagged Me. Okay, it's a deadly sign because okay, we don't know how to get this information out in a logical way through conflict and, and right, like, like so. Like- we're just going to slop it up on the screen like it's, uh, you know. This actually is, I think, maybe the pivotal example. <laughs> because it, having text scroll almost immediately defeat everything about your movie. Because in the opening scroll, don't they spoil the mystery of the movie? It's also done with bullet points, <laughs> which kept I kept being really confounded by that. It was like that. one of those outlines that Miss Chupa used to make you make <laughs> for your research paper in the fourth grade. But it started off, so black screen, and then the text comes on. But the text is written in old 
medieval English Which style. Which makes no sense because dinosaurs weren't alive during medieval England. And also, if this is supposed to be the future. If they were a little bit clever, they would have had to be cave drawings or, right. you know. But even that, there were cavemen around during. So after it says, I think it says something about once upon a time in the future. And immediately after that, bullet points of, you know, the next, I don't know, three paragraphs worth start rolling up underneath that. It was a short essay. Exactly. But you're right. That text scroll immediately defeats what makes, I I can't call it a twist, (laughs) but it ruins what's going to happen. Because also... Anyone with half a brain can understand why the villain's scheme doesn't work. <laughs> well, because like I was saying, this movie falls into a different hashtags. It's a buddy comedy. It's a buddy cop comedy. Right. Because, you know, Whoopi Goldberg is the human detective, police agent who works for the, the grid. The grid police. And she might be a robot. I think we decided she is a robot. She's sort of, or a, what's a, a clone. Or a clone. A clone. A clone. Also, can I just stop please, for a second? Please. Who said, I'm making a cop movie, and we want a tough-as-nails, no-business cop, right. and uh, it's a female-written part. Uh, okay, let's see. We've we've had Sarah Connor, so we don't want necessarily Linda Sigourney Hamilton. Sigourney Weaver was busy. Okay. Uh, get me Whoopi Goldberg. It just didn't work. Maybe they were thinking, well, she was a big star. Maybe they think, okay, well, we wanted a comedy. She was dramatic, but it didn't work at all. And not once did I ever feel like, Whoopi is supposed to be a cop. I mean, she was better in Letters from Santa, the Muppet, the Muppet one where she played no, a taxi It's a very Merry Muppet oh, Christmas. Although, no, in, she... in Letters from Santa, she's a, she's a taxi driver. Isn't oh. she technically a, a cop in Sister Act? No, no she's, a, she's, she's, a, she's a, a, night, a nightclub singer. Oh, right, right, right. But it's a... and, and you... Oh, Harvey Kite. Tell us a cop? No, he's the... he's the. Uh, I'm cop pretty sure it's Robbie um, Bill Nunn, I think. Oh, who, who is the Rio Rahim. Rio Rahim, I think. But you have so many examples of buddy cop movies. Right. But then you had that subgenre of buddy cops where one is a human and the other is something else. Right. Canine, I can think of. Turner and Hooch. Okay. You have that. Then you have it in even stranger ways. Well, oh God, there had to have been a monkey. Where a monkey was teamed up. Oh, with. there has to be. I can't think of one. But then you have, but Roger Rabbit, technically sure. falls into that. Bright was would it you, Bright? Yeah. The was it was an. It's ogre not so much an animal, but would you put Pokemon Detective Pikachu in that mix? Because of yeah, that sort of falls in the way. I mean, it's this premise was okay. It's a buddy cop movie with a dinosaur, and the opening thing tells you that. Well, what did it say? Did it tell you? It told you who the villain was, uh-huh. and then his scheme was he's going to block out the sun with a cre- missile with a to missile. create a new ice age. But from the ice age, he's also going to not reanimate. Well, he, he remember he he's found a way to put something into the DNA of biological you know living creatures right. that simulates the biological process that fish go through when the lake freezes. Uh huh. And, you know, they don't die. When it melts, the fish are still alive. Whatever enzyme or amoeba or spermicide. So it it tells us that, what, tomorrow he's going to block? Tomorrow, the villain's villain's secret scheme 
in, in pretty much in not in joking manner. Like is, it literally says is we're going to blo- he's going to block out the sun, freeze the earth, and only the people he chooses because he also has a big. Uh, he has like, an arc. Remember they call it an arc? Right. He has, he has a big uh, lab with a lot of um, drawers. Uh-huh. And in each drawer is it's a, like a different type a of animal. A three-toed salamander. Right. An Asian elephant. A bull shark. Every animal on the planet is in this the DNA so he can... I mean, it's the same evil plot as um, Poison Ivy's and Mr. Freeze. Right. They're going to freeze the earth for plants and, and then grow. plants will grow out of the snow and ice. Which is totally incomparable. Sure. But then, doesn't it also tell us, after the tomorrow thing about he's going to block the sun out, one hour ago, cops were on the way to arrest him? (laughs) Right. And then New Line Cinema presents... They do this whole high school essay as the beginning. Then there's the opening credits. And then it moves into the movie where it's involving another thing which I really disliked. They inserted the word dino. Oh right! So instead of a homicide, it's it's a a dinocide. Instead of oh god, there was another one. I can't think of what the other one was. I've got some notes here. Yeah, go ahead. Dinocide was the one that we you made me write down. Uh, I forced you at one point. Oh, we forgot about this one. Remember that there is a um, a social commentary about not uh, having uh, differences because they were saying Whoopi Goldberg is being a speciesist. (laughs) Right. Instead of racist, like, okay, we want And they keep calling, remember the dinosaurs that can talk? Yes. Call humans soft skins and that you only eat, kill, or wear animals? Right, because their big philosophical um, probing of this movie is that human beings kill things. Right. Which is a topic never used in a movie before. At least not one where the dinosaur is saying it to the human being. Well, let's not forget, too. The whole thing, and this this really ticks me off about the villain thing, yeah. is that they're saying that this guy Elazar Kane, I think was his name. I thought it was Lothar Zog. No, that's Jim Varney from Megan has so poisoned my mind with Jim Varney. <laughs> but he's the only person, right? They they say it a few times that he's like the only person with the technology and the know how to reanimate these animals. Right. Well, what wasn't made clear ever really is that he discovered how to bring back dinosaurs he's essentially the john hammond exactly and the guy he's the and who's the other guy um there was the james cromwell remember um, he's like the old as, his associate that was there the whole time that we never saw <laughs> Except, until the fifth we, movie <laughs> that elazar kane lothar zog p world <laughs> he's the one who has discovered the way he's brought back dinosaurs to life. Uh-huh. Now, here's here's one small plot hole. If you bring a dinosaur back to life, it doesn't speak the English language. It doesn't speak, period. It doesn't speak. I mean, so I don't... Did he manipulate... Remember in... in well, in, even in, in Jurassic Park. In World. Didn't... Or, yeah, in Jurassic World. All of them. They played with the DNA with the frogs. Right, and that's what made the, this particular... That was essentially the key to cracking it, What right? genetic manipulation got them to speak English and sing, like, Mae West in a nightclub? Or even have them... So that part made no sense. The other part that bugged me when I thought about it is, okay, the villain scheme is he's going to destroy the Earth essentially why would you want to do that (laughs) you have this technology that can essentially you've created a way to make everyone immortal for the rest of your life for everyone but also clone everybody you can make so much money 
But and you're not gonna make money on a frozen ice ball. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But also, if you're the only person that can reanimate these extinct creatures, th- there's no threat if there's no one to to use these creatures a- as like a weapon. I or mean, anything I, I like guess that. I guess they're tr- maybe trying to do it. If they went to a more philosophical, I mean, I don't want to praise uh, Vera Farmagiana's evil no. scheme, but in that one at least, okay, it's a an ethical. Because wasn't thing. that, though, where they were saying that every time a titan fell, it essentially, the radioactiveness in its blood right, or whatever. It replenished the land. Yeah. So at least from that, you can say, okay, it's a ridiculously stupid plan. But at least her thought process makes some sense. It's from an ethical point of view. The villain in Theodore Rex, he just wants to take over the world. And destroy the world. But there's no reason to destroy the world if you're essentially the person that's in control. Where are you going to live? <laughs> I mean, and you free... Okay, you put a missile into outer space and it blocks the view of the sun, right? Right. How do you clear that out? Or does it... Does, do, does it is it dissipate? on a timer? Is do you it, send, send another one up there? And explode it? I mean, why don't you just live on the planet? Or why don't you go, go to another and you have... Right, that's actually a good question. If you have the the wherewithal and the funds to build a missile to block out the sun, one could surmise that you have the ability to build your own rocket to find another planet. Terraform the moon! I mean, there's a billion things you can do besides freeze and you would have the ability to, you know, essentially bring these creatures with you on your arc or whatever. And also, but worse... That's all spoiled before it tells you New Line Cinema proudly presents. And there's also the inciting incident. The thing that touches off this, the actual plot is the murder, the dinocide, the dinocide of Oliver Rex, uh-huh. who is a dinosaur. And, and for some reason, this is a big conspiracy that a dinosaur is killed. I think they were trying to say this was the first time a dinosaur was ever murdered. They didn't make that clear we, at all. Because there's a big... I mean, when, when a regular person... Well, when a human being dies, yeah, there's panic about it uh-huh. to a degree. But this was like... It was like an aberration. We've never heard of a dinosaur being yeah. killed. Well, And, and then they go and they try to investigate who killed... And then there was another guy, a human They also killed. never went the route of... Because I didn't pick that up either. So his name is Theodore Rex. Then there's Molly Rex. There's Oliver Rex. Are these people all related? Good point. Well, they were all... Well, let's is it look. is it I mean, like are they in just... the Grinch? How they're all all their last names are who? Oh, they're relentless. I hate you. Are Varkia Avocasia who? I hate you. So far, I'm looking at the um, list of uh, the cast list for the puppeteers. Okay. And yeah, every character that has a name is given a last uh, name of Rex. Oh, so they just really were lazy. And Theodore Rex, as I said, was played by the husband and father of the George bride, right? Newbern. Oh, well, he was the voice, and the in-suit performer was Pons Mare, who played the head wheeler oh, in that's Return right. to yeah, Oz. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then really no one else. I mean, the other people you've kind of heard of. My favorite character was the offensive 90s gay uh, dinosaur. <laughs> Which came in a very 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 weird scene was that at the funeral that's at the funeral so wasn't it that molly rex who's essentially the she's like the nightclub the breathless mahoney for the movie what what's the character in country bears in the in the show trixie Trixie, who comes down and that's what she was i'll be right up what's the song that she Uh, says 
There he goes. He hardly knows. But there's the one that. The but there's a song about tears. Remember, she's like, tears. Uh, like, oh, I that's can't... another character. Yeah, no, Trixie sings oh. in, in the show. No, it's yeah, but who's the one who comes? Look it up. Who's the one who comes down on the on the swing? That's Trixie. That's Trixie. No, I think it's someone else. I don't remember. I don't remember. At any rate, the scene involved them. The cremating a dinosaur and using it for fertilizer, I believe. It's and the, well, no, making... no, no, no. Remember exactly yes, that what happens is they are allowed to essentially be taken home as party favors. Right. They are liquefied, right? Because there's the one dinosaur who that's doing some sort of weird shamanistic, like, yeah, he's like he's prayer chanting. or whatever. He's sort of the dinosaur. and they're pouring Nickelodeon slime over a bed of flowers. He's the dino rabbi. <laughs> Yeah, got the, the the dino buy. Shalom. But then everyone's allowed to take home f- these flower pots full of this dead dino goo. Right, because so, they they turn to goo and then they put the goo into the flower pots, and then everyone gets a party favor containing the liquefied goo. Our, our right, reaction the was, what is this? Because a funeral is a sad. Well, for human de- beings, these are dinosaurs. For, exactly. <laughs> also, where did this dinosaur religion spring up? I mean, I don't know from when they were resurrected. I mean, this is one of the well. Greatest... That, that's the thing too is that there's a lot of jumps in between from the time the very first dinosaur was resurrected. I mean, was more than one dinosaur resurrected at the same time? Were they brought back with a snap of a finger like yeah? I, Iron like, Man, or... I almost feel like there was a longer cut. There was a Josh or a, a Zack Snyder cut of this. Oh, I've, I have some breaking news. Okay, the the bear that comes down and swings. Uh huh. He's called Teddy Barra. Remember? Swinging Teddy Barra. Anthony does a... As soon as I find a ladder, I'll be right up. Which means he wants to pork the bear in Disney World. Right, 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 right. I also forgot the thing that... Megan said this, and it made me laugh, is that she said every location that they go to looks like a rainforest cafe. It's right. Which it does. It it did. But then you corrected me and said the first scene when there's the dinner... Looks like the Museum of Natural History. Well, right. They're, like, they have they like, actually are at a they museum. They have a banquet that's that really looks exactly like that room. Remember that room at the we went in there that exactly. time. Why did Why did I go there? I had to do an assignment for one of my classes oh, for yeah. college. Why did I go? Where did we eat? I don't remember. We didn't eat. Did we we eat? didn't eat. You You stopped and got cookies though. We stopped oh, yes, for cookies. Right. But remember we the time we, we were in in Times Square? Actually, this ties to. Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion, we went into the city to see the production of A Christmas Carol right. starring Campbell well, Scott. Scott. And it was about, I don't know, minus 55 degrees sure, outside. Sure. And I, I think beforehand, we were wandering around Times Square. There's the naked cowboy. There's this guy trying to sell me his mixtape. Sure. And <laughs> what royal majesty... Needs to get her picture up on the scoreboard. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> was it a scoreboard? No, it was. It remember at the Disney store? The, right, at the Disney store. They were t- promoting Frozen 2, and they were like, take your photo inside the store, and it'll be up above in light. And the idea of getting her picture 50 stories tall. <laughs> and it never happened. No, it happened. You went late. The no, no, we went. Another time. Was, yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. But the point of the story was, you and I are out there freezing our dinosaur cojones <laughs> off while Megan is inside trying to get a picture taken so that it goes up so that all of Manhattan can see her. <laughs> but that was where we went and we saw Campbell Scott. That's right, that's right. With this. And, you know, thinking about the other thing with Theodore Rex is that I can't even single out 
anyone as giving a good performance. I no. mean, you have Whoopi, who's, I mean, less than phoning, and she's texting it in. Uh, you have Carol Kane, who I love in everything, is the voice of but the... But I couldn't have even... I'm glad that the text told me that that was her. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have been able to have placed that that was her. And isn't there a scene where they go up to his room... Well, there's gonna be some dinosaur nookie. Well, remember they go up. He was gonna console her after the funeral. It's it's her husband that died, and that would have been what would be the typical. uh, Uh, They make the beast, as it were. But instead, Teddy shows his love of milk and cookies because then they start dancing. Because he and his favorite cookie is macadamia. Macadamia. That's. I have to say that's that's the best part of it. Yeah. Those macadamia nut cookies did look. They did look good, but. He goes crazy when he sees that she likes cookies too. And okay, so that so and but Carol Kane is fine. I mean, she's fine. Yeah. She's not given a lot to do. And it would be one thing even if the villain was giving a cartoonishly over the top performance. Yeah, and like he's the, not. He's given a fairly straightforward performance. Right. That gets kind one of, of his cronies. Remember, there's the one who has the eye, oh. and he makes that weird. Yes, Your Majesty. He, it, he's the guy who played Harold in Harold and Maud. Oh, right. You said he was another and prestigious he, actor. He's doing like a Truman Capote, you know. He sounded like voice. Droopy Dog. Exactly. Oh God, what does he say in in Who's Been Roger Rabbit? Your floor suit. <laughs> okay, who else? Well, we're, we can't also forgetting someone else major in this movie. Oh. Who plays? You mean Shaft, who's the mayor? <laughs> not Shaq. Not Shaquille O'Neal, Meg. Richard Roundtree. Mister, who played Shaft in Shaft? I could not fathom when he turned around and they're like, Mister Mayor, and there's Shaft. <laughs> and but poor guy, he's doing his best. He at least is everyone except for Whoopi, actor-wise, at least try to give something. Mostly something. Let's not forget about. The fact that there's time for a makeover montage. As as that was happening, I was dreading it. I yeah. thought, oh, I could, you could, I could feel it crawling up my skin. Well, the second that, like they, that you saw that character who's sitting there at the console, she's like, "Hi, Teddy." You said, "Oh no," because <laughs> you you knew it. I, I just, I just had, I have a sixth sense for clothing changing montages, and it's. One of the lamest montage because it's actually because you know it's he's goes into this uh, what's that called in Star Trek? Oh, like the where the, they get beamed the down. teleport the pod. teleport thing. But instead of being teleported to a different location, it changes his clothes. But it'd be one thing if it was lasting. Girls just want to have fun, but they dubbed it over to say like dinos want right. to have fun. And, and I think he becomes, it's done to no music. Be, well, that's the thing. It's a music montage where they forgot to have music in it. <laughs> they couldn't even afford the rights to use the music because he. I think it becomes like a fireman or. a... Or a Maybe. French guy, or oh, he becomes a. It becomes a. What's um, that called? Bagpiper. Right, and he. A Viking. He he becomes a uh, a hula dancer. What Ernest movie? God, Megan's just shot me a look like I want. I want to answer this. You said. What's the Ernest movie where he does that costume change kind of? Which which costume t- change? Where he, does, where he where he's remember he's a Mongolian warrior. There's one correct answer. Scared stupid. I think so, right? Yeah. Well, that's the one where it just kind of unnecessarily comes out of nowhere. Because, like, another crappy one that I kind of like is the one in uh, European Vacation. Right. Where it's a totally self-indulgent. Any anytime they do a clothing montage, is always there's a clothing montage kind of in New York Minute. Oh, okay. Where Ashley, (laughs) of course, there's one in that. Ashley, 
or change. But it's the followed score. up by something that's even weirder in terms of having time for this. Let me think. Teddy plays hockey. Remember, he plays hockey's with all the street youths. All right, because Whoopi. Then now that's something that totally seemed to have been abandoned. Oh yeah, because it seems like okay, she's friends with this, which was odd and inappropriate. Right. It'd be one thing if that was her a, nephew, a, right? Like a relative, or that was her son, or right, something. like her adopted. But she, he's this kid who works at a outdoor luncheonette. Yeah, like a bodega. Bodega, and it's kind of implied that he's trying to set Whoopi up with his father. Yeah, I just more kept thinking, why is Whoopi so friendly with this kid? And then it just, that never gets fulfilled. But somehow, they have enough time in this movie to have a hockey sequence. And, what, of course, because Teddy's the one who's got to show off his skills, he's a dinosaur. He doesn't, he's not going to use a hockey stick. I, I, they missed the opportunity to put him on roller skates. They really did. That's, if, if there's a list of missed opportunities for this movie, which is it goes into the 20 billions. Right. On this well, the, list, first, the first one is don't make it. Don't make it. I wanted to see him play hockey, hockey on, on But, of course, skates. what does he do? He uses that tail that he finally has under control. <laughs> because that tail is what we like to call a runner. Right. Because right. how many jokes were there about Teddy knocking stuff over with his tail? Or he walks past, you know, a woman who's turned around at a fancy cocktail party and his tail hits her on the behind. And she's standing next to this guy who looks like he might be perving on her. And so what does she do? She throws champagne on him. Well, it's so funny. Well, we, we also forgot to mention the most integral part, the, mo the core of Teddy's character, which is he works in public relations. Oh, my God. How could I have forgotten about But he's this? been promoted to a homicide detective. <laughs> That's like saying you work at Burger King. Right. You work at... Flipping the patties. You work at Burger King and you've been promoted to, to the president. Tavern on the Green. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Even more extreme. Yeah. You're you work as a taxi driver and you're promoted to being Santa Claus. <laughs> well Well, in Ernest Saves Christmas, that's kind of that's kind of where it goes a little bit. No, no, no. I, I was telling you at dinner you know, last night that I was driving I was driving in Hackensack behind the, the target. And there's a big sign with a guy on the oh, big right, smiling right, right, face. Right. And the words are, got an addiction? Call this number. I'm going to give that Meg to Megan so she can work on her, her uh, earnest addiction. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's becoming a problem. I forget. I feel like there was another moment. Well, that let's was not like forget about the fact that there are two lines. There are hmm. two lines that are exchanged by characters that I, I can't say they made us laugh. But it was the curtness of it, maybe. Where the young boy has been kidnapped by the guy from Harold and Maude. Okay. And they're like, we're going to use you to get your friend uh, Whoopi here. Whose whatever. name was? Remember what wrong name she had? Oh, Katie, Katie. right? Which doesn't work. No. I, I don't, you don't see Whoopi and go Katie. Yeah, I mean, I can, I know her real name is Karen. Oh, okay. I can see her more as a Karen. Not, you know, not the. Uh... Right. Not the way that we've. Yeah. I don't know. Katie. I don't know. But, but remember, the henchman is, we're going to get your friend Katie here, whatever. And he's like, stuff it, pant load. <laughs> Which I was so odd. Was that supposed to be like a futuristic insult? I don't know. Like in a, like in, well, did they ever say what year this is supposed to be? I don't think they do. It's sort of an indeterminate, because they got holograms. No, no, no. They have holograms, but they also still send things via holofax. Holofax, okay. Which... 
as far as what made me think about that too was if in 1995 it's hilarious to think that they still thought we would be using faxes <laughs> right but upgrading it to hologram versions <laughs> yeah there's no it's not paperless they haven't gone no, paperless. No, 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 no. well i like the scene of course a great great scene is where whoopi gets hit on by an animatronic toy Oh, oh, of course. How can I forget? Oh, that, you mean the that one that's nice. happening at the Dragon Tales district in the Ninja Grid? Dragon Tales? Dragon Tales, Dragon Tales. They had to sing that to us last night. But, I mean, see, I can't even explain to you what the mystery was that led them to that warehouse with the toy maker. Which, by the way, I'm real, I was last night thinking, I know there's a toy maker in D.C., where else do I know a character called the Toy Maker? Spy Kids 3, 3D Game Over. That's what I thought you uh, no, picked I was, up last night. I was night. thinking of... Because basically, the whole movie revolves around Whoopi and the dinosaur, Teddy, trying to figure out who murdered the dinosaur and the human. And of course, they find out that they both worked at the evil guy's factory. Right. How they end up there with the... I don't know, because quite honestly, everything leading the toy up maker, to that... That happens maybe at the, like, 55 or 60-minute mark. It was a good explosion, though. It was a good explosion, but everything leading up to that particular point is just scenes of nothing. Cause, yeah, because they walk into this factory. They're looking for the toy maker for some reason. And I couldn't tell, like, the sort of secretary or the receptionist. Uh-huh. Which term are we supposed to use? Receptionist. It's like a little, the size of my Poland spring water. Right. That b- pops up. Oh, the thing that's in the suitcase? Yeah, and I couldn't tell. Is this a race of beings that exist yeah. in the future? Or is this like she's built toys that are right. sentient? Like, you know, Grandpa's Magical Toys. Is this the futuristic Punchinella? Well, let's not forget that's also the scene in which Teddy says butt trumpet. Right, of course. The famous butt trumpet. Right. Because you have such classic lines as, you know, you talking to me. Or... Frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Butt trumpet. (laughs) One of the greatest lines ever committed to to celluloid is that line. And do you think that those people went home after a day of shooting and go, Ah, yes, this feels like I'm working on a good job. Do you think they went home and said, I love show business? (laughs) No. Probably not. I, I honestly truly don't. Maybe the guy who wrote, directed, and co-executive produced it did. <laughs> I mean, he was sort of like, uh, who's someone who does everything? Uh, he's like a young Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, except the fact that he's actually not successful in what he did. He's the anti-Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> he did everything on this movie, and, and none of it worked. <laughs> it was all wrong. Because that was, one for me, one of the most baffling scenes. I kept That was the part I thought most about afterwards, about the, their interest. And, and that toy was, like, hitting on Whoopi. And I don't remember exactly what led them to that point. Because you're right, I'm thinking back on it. Was that after there was that car chase in which they, they rip apart Teddy's car? Oh, uh, I don't And remember. he beats them with a fire extinguisher? Right, because... <laughs> Right. Not beats them up. Well, there's one like, character who's killed by being blasted. Remember it was the sleazy blonde guy with the glasses? Oh, was it the guy who I... The, the fake Lance Henriksen? Uh, no, no, no. You're thinking of the long-haired guy. Oh, okay. There was the one... Everyone's long-haired to me. Right. right. <laughs> there was the guy who was wearing glasses. He was the one who said speciesist. And he works, oh, I think, okay. for the mayor. He was sort of like the guy... He was sort of like... um. The lawyer type in the original Jurassic Park, right? Where he's kind of playing both sides. Yeah, he's because like, he's he almost he looked like Tim Robbins. Yes, but wasn't Tim Robbins? No, no. 
The same way with the that whole the thing that propelled me through that whole movie. Yeah, the thing that got, kept you going was trying to figure out. I know this guy who was the long-haired henchman, and I was thinking, God, I know him. I know him. I, know I him thought he looked like Michael Wincott from The Crow and. Trying to think of the other thing. Nope, I remember him from. Well, eventually I realized that it wasn't even the guy I thought it was. <laughs> that I was thinking of Lance Henriksen, who was in um, you know a whole bunch of stuff, but wasn't he in? He's is he in, in Alien. Alien. That, and that's really was it, yeah one of those Aliens, and, and that was just was he also in Alien Three? Megan yes, Chuck, yes, he, yes, yes, yes. Remember, he Bishop, plays the right? human version of Bishop, right? Yeah. yeah. The thing that kept me going through the movie was I mistook an actor for Lance Henriksen. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, let's not forget too that most of the time in which nothing is happening in this movie, you would interrupt the silence of us not laughing by going, "I feel like it's this guy, <laughs> and he's from an episode of Roseanne or something like that." Yeah, I kept trying to place this face, and I did place it on the wrong person. <laughs> You know, because there had to have been... Oh, you know who the other person I thought that guy was? Oh, the guy from Van Helsing who plays Dracula. Oh, Richard Roxburgh. Richard Roxburgh. Uh, that's who the other person... But again... Not him either. Here, Megan, here's a, a way to know you've made a bad movie is when the audience is sitting trying to decide where they've seen the actors in other movies. <laughs> and it turns out... It's none of them. It's not a single one they thought it was. Because <laughs> the other... But shortly after the Toy District scene right because there's that the toy maker himself is like a ninja yeah and well then, this is that time where they love ninja i mean megan oh, has been on, yes has been uh foaming at the mouth about to try ninjas. and get you to watch for a long, well anthony is was on me about fast and the furious uh -huh. remember initially about us doing that which I'm not gonna do that and megan was is about these three ninja movies but was this also the time of power Rangers? this was actually the same year as the money Morphin power rangers movie yeah and you can kind of see there's you know kind of because even with the henchman that was the, the guy from harold and maude with the short hair, you had the long-haired, which looked fake like Lance Ivan was his henchman in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And you had those guys, right? The Putty Patrollers, who were like the Putty Patrollers slash. Um, but what? But what were? The, I can't think of. See if you can find out what the ooze Ivan oozes because there were three different. Meet my kids. Yeah, Megan, I want you to take another quack at it and find out what they're because it was the Putty Patrollers in the show. Right. It was the Tangu Warriors, and then it was his ooze men, children, right? His right, ooze right. kids, but. That was really the only, I can't say good, but no. I like the design of those, you know, those things, things whatever they are. I still don't know what they are. No. I still don't know I'm why Whoopi is a clone. Yeah, well, I'm not clear on that, too, because it seemed to say, or rather, I seem to be getting that a number of the quote-unquote human characters were also clones. Yeah. Because there was a, remember she was walking into that mortuary and there was the random guy in the lab coat who was working on the body. Right, on, he was doing the autopsy. But the autopsy was of a robot who looked like a human. Yeah. The Oozman. That's what they Ooze were called. Man? That's a brilliant, super creative. Brilliant name. There's so many things that the movie doesn't make clear. Like, first off, it doesn't make very clear how these dinosaurs. It's basic premise? <laughs> But it doesn't make clear if the humans are actually humans or if just some are robots. Because they definitely reference something about... Well, this is another thing I didn't like about it. And I hate this in science fiction movies. Uh -huh. Where they just will throw different words and terminology at you to make it sound futuristic. So they call her a clone. 
They call her something else, though, at one point. Some kind of sign. I mean, is she a clone? Is she an android? Is she a... Why is she a clone? What did, but what did that add? Yeah, well, exactly. And isn't the whole premise a human and a well dinosaur? But let's take it one step further even, right? What if this is like RoboCop, right? Remember where in RoboCop... The whole thing is when they bring Peter Weller on as RoboCop. Yeah. People don't want to work with him because, oh, I'm kind of iffy on. And they kind of do that in uh, Bright. Right. Where this isn't sort of inherent what we would call racism. But they could have played that up if, let's say, not every human character is actually a robot, right? Let's say only a few of them are actually robots. Then there's this weird kind of bias between they don't want to work with dinosaurs they don't want to work with androids right it's like the android they paired these two up where the android will be goldberg doesn't know or think that she might be an android Mm -hmm. and then when she maybe discovers that she is now it's like i don't have a reason anymore to hate our partnership i like that i mean that's giving it if the movie had zero development in terms of their well this also had one of my favorite worst arcs ever Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you put your head back and splooged vomit in an arc, <laughs> that's a better arc than what happened in this movie. Because all of a Wait, sudden... Wait, is this with Whoopi? Yeah. I mean, she doesn't like him because he's a dinosaur. Oh, I know okay. the part you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then at the end, she's been zapped to the wall. For some reason. For some reason. And now she likes him. Well, she also can't move. So she's just standing there and is Teddy... You're my friend. Go. Teddy, this is the end of our character arc. My acting is killing franchise. (laughs) Your friend George Toyboy Lucas. Hey, I just made this Lord of the Rings nerd (laughs) puke. What does he say? I just made fun of Lord of the Rings so bad I had some super nerd puke all over the counter. (laughs) Where do we keep all the cleaning supplies? In the closet. Oh, God. (laughs) But, I mean, there was just so much. This has to be. I mean... Tom Hanks and the dog in Turner and Hooch had better realistic chemistry. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I again, I realize she's acting to a rubber face mask. Sure. But, you know. And let's not forget, the animatronics on this are just absolutely abysmal. Well, There's I'm, the scene where they're at the Museum of Natural History dinner or whatever, and... That's when they're promoting Teddy from PR into being a field agent for some reason. And as Teddy opens his mouth once, 15 words came out of there, but he hasn't opened them. It's like when they would dub the Godzilla movie. Exactly. Actually, it's like in... uh, Wayne's World 2. I was just thinking about that (laughs) earlier. Yes? Even if I had seen this movie as a kid, okay. I don't think I would have enjoyed it because... Well, that's what I think, yeah. going back to it, is I think there's a certain window in, of being a, a kid. A very small window. I think it's a very fleeting window in which this is a movie that actually is enjoyable for a kid. Because I can't think of what age... Because you're right, there's an age where it's too scary. And then there's an age where maybe it's kind of cool. Like, oh, wow, that's... A, like, if you're really into dinosaurs as a kid... Maybe you wouldn't. I think as soon as you turn like seven years old. For example, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Mm -hmm. As a kid, absolutely loved it. Even as an adult, I still enjoy it because. But but you have the nostalgia because I grew up watching. I wonder if there's someone out, some poor sick dement. We have to go to to some penitentiary somewhere to find the guy 
who watched this movie and loved it. I yeah, I mean I I still kept thinking I don't know who's the target audience for this because it just lonely it, spinsters, shut-ins, uh, <laughs> paleontology dropouts. Probably I don't know. Megan, since this is our Jurassic Park episode this time, essentially, yeah. I need you to on record tell us your ranking of the Jurassic and don't pussy food yeah, around. Don't pussy food around. And it has to be all of them combined. They can't be. Megan, there's six of them. I don't know. I don't know what that does. <laughs> you can go I don't in know any order that you like. I mean, you know, if you want to go worst to best, best to worst. You guys are making this very hard. It's really. <laughs> there's six movies. Tell me which ones are your ask, favorite. Ask, ask me my only order. What... Okay, what's your one, two, three, four, five, six. See, I agree. Although I might, on some days, flip three and two. Okay, and, and I, I honestly have to. I do have to. Rewatch, I guess I had to rewatch Dominion. I, I want to see it again just to refresh, and I, and I and I ought to buy it just so I have. I have an old box set that's one of those. Yeah. Flip when you like it's a, like, like the a, old accordion one. Yeah, like that for the first three, and then I have the two on just Separate very ones. basic ones. Purposes of completion. I'm even vamping to give Megan an extra few seconds to and come up with a she's list. She's not using that. It to involves her six well, movies. I, I am, but I'm not asking you to rank all the um, what's it, all the Land of Fort Time. Movies, unless you prefer to do that. No, you're a big fan of the uh, the mystery. I will, the I will do as what you asked me to Perfect. do. That's, that's 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 the right attitude. That's the rules of the show. One, this is going best to worst. Uh, I hope so. One, three, two. One, three, two. Okay, that changed. Okay, didn't it change? Didn't that change? Well, it changed from the time she originally ranked it. Yeah, right. <laughs> one, three, two. No one does dead air like Megan does. She's she's the best. You are creating more work for Nick to do during his. Okay, one, three, two. Four, five, six. Four, five, six. Okay, so that at least stayed consistent. But that's not a true. But that's not true. No, because that's not what you said. You know what I want you to do? I want you to cut that out. Okay. Leave this part in so that we can say right now the reason you are not hearing her list is because she told us a a a fib list. Yeah. Because that wasn't the correct list. So you admit that you lied? Yes. You know what, Megan? What? what? You make less sense <laughs> than talking dinosaurs that were resurrected by a guy who wants to freeze the earth with a missile. And loves cookies. Those did, those did look good, though. No, I, they, no, they did not. Excuse me? You didn't like the, 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 the macadamia nut cookies? Chocolate chip is the best. That has nothing to do with whether or not the cookie. That she can answer what her favorite cookie is. <laughs> not, not to rank. Megan, rank your, co- your your favorite cookie. Obscure Obsessions 3 is directed and produced by Taylor and Nick Zaccario and is a co-production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom and Walpurnia Music for providing the score. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for episode details, previews, and more. And check out our blog at obscureobsessionsblog.blogspot.com for movie recommendations, lists, reviews, and articles. We thank you for your continued support. 